Hi friends, welcome to the Shape by the Struggle podcast where chronic illness and Christian living meet. My name's Sandra, I'm your host, and I'm so excited to spend time with you and encourage you through your chronic illness journey as I fight through mine. Hi friends, so excited starting off our first episode talking about my story and three things I've learned along the way. I'm Saudra, I'm your host, I'm the creator of Shape by the Struggle, and I'm going to be talking about my journey with chronic and post-Lyme disease and some of the main things I've learned. I think these things are applicable whether you're dealing with Lyme or not, and these are really focused for those of us struggling with chronic illness and different health issues, also physical and mental health issues. So let's get started. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease the end of 2020, spent about two years trying to find out what was wrong with me after I was dealing with severe neurologic issues, relearning how to walk, function, and pretty much just be human. I think for those of you who don't know, Lyme is very common but often misdiagnosed because of poor testing and research and a lack of true connection, really a lack of integration between standard Western medicine and functional medicine. So just a quick uh, run through if you don't know, a lot of Lyme disease tests that you will get in a doctor's office, a hospital, is not going to show up a lot of the time for Lyme. Uh, You could get a false negative, and also it will not test for a lot of the different strains of Lyme disease, which there are many, as well as co-infections that come along with Lyme disease. So a lot of people are tested for Lyme disease, And they don't have symptoms, classic symptoms such as a bullseye rash or a fever or such and such. They do not get put on 30 days of antibiotics right away when they're first infected. And therefore, the disease progresses to a point where it's undiagnosed, misdiagnosed, and it's being covered up by different medications and treatments that are incorrect. So people are diagnosed with all types of autoimmune diseases, ailments, different things, and they're not actually being treated for Lyme. That all being said, a lot of people, regardless of their diagnosis, Lyme disease or not, go through a similar process when it comes to chronic illness, and they are not able to find answers right away. They're told incorrect things. They're given information that contradicts itself from multiple different doctors. And so I spent a good chunk of two years dealing with severe neurologic issues only to find out that I was misdiagnosed and told that these issues were a result of a misfunctioning between my brain and my body brought on by some kind of trauma or mental health issue, when in reality, the diagnosis that I was given was simply made because of a lack of information not because of a presenting ailment or specific thing that made doctors say, oh, yes, you have a conversion disorder, a functional neurologic disorder because you're presenting with these symptoms. It was simply you're presenting with these symptoms, which the symptoms I had could have meant a variety of things. 
And because there was no positive test result with a specific name or diagnosis, it was, well, we don't know what this is because it's not coming up positive. So therefore, we do know what it is and it's mental health related, which is a whole nother issue. I am an advocate for therapy, for mental health, for treating your mental health. This is not a bash on that. But you simply cannot rule out a medical diagnosis such as Lyme disease because you don't have certain results. And I think a lot of women especially deal with this when it comes to chronic illness. So fighting this disease, being misdiagnosed, finally being diagnosed, after being diagnosed, you think that everything's going to be fine. Sometimes I thought that everything was going to be fine because I was simply told I was going to get a PICC line, which was a way to give my body intravenous antibiotics for 30 days, and I should be good because at this point, I had not had antibiotics for Lyme disease. And again, I spent two years being misdiagnosed, but before I became chronically ill, I really was chronically ill. Um, so I, before I became severely ill, I was dealing with what I now call chronic illness for three years before that, but still functioning. Uh, so at these, this infection had gone on for a certain amount of time where my body was functioning for so long with these ailments, which is really remarkable. And I think this brings me to our first point, which is you can't blame yourself for what you didn't know at the time. And now that I'm out of that situation, those three years before the neurologic things really took over my life and made me unable to live, quote unquote, normally, I can look back on that time with compassion towards my body and really amazement that I was able to do the things that I was able to do, that I was able to do so well in school and work and ride my horse and do all these things because at the time, I was getting very hard on myself and thinking, you know, what's wrong with me? I just must be lazy or I don't understand why I'm getting eight hours of sleep, but I'm not able to move in the morning and get out of bed and everyone else is doing it and everyone else is juggling a million things in the air. And we can never compare ourselves to other because comparison steals joy. Comparison just doesn't work. That's the crazy thing that we fail to recognize time and time again is that comparison is just such an unlevel playing field. And even the word playing field makes me think of like, this isn't a game. We're living our lives. We're living our journeys and our stories, which are so uniquely fabricated to you and what the Lord has given you and how he is going to use you. And so we need to be gentle with ourselves because in reality, we are our best advocate when we are fighting against the medical system and the healthcare system and stigmas and medical gaslighting. And I understand it's lonely. It definitely is at times. But if we become hostile with ourselves, if we become angry at ourselves, we just lost half the battle right there because we need to be gentle with ourselves in order to properly advocate for ourselves and be straightforward with ourselves and inform our family and our 
team and our doctors of what is going on. And we can't adequately observe and recognize our progress if we are so hostile with ourselves that we're just bitter and angry. And I get it. Um, There's been many times where I've thought like, gosh, I really shouldn't have done this thing because now I know that wasn't the best thing for my health. But the reality is we're often fighting a system that doesn't give us all the rules and all the information and the resources straight off the bat. I wasn't diagnosed with conversion disorder or uh, Lyme disease and told, okay, this is exactly what you have to do to get to the finish line. And that is the thing that makes it really remarkable when you think of it. And I hope that if you're listening, you can take this and just rest in the fact that you've done some amazing things is that no one gave us a guidebook and said, this is how you combat and deal with chronic illness. But yet we've gotten to the point that we have. And you might be thinking, well, right now I'm on the couch and I'm in the same boat with you. I'm in a chair and then I will be going to the couch after this podcast. But the reality is this is just a moment in time. And you also even if it seems minuscule, even if it seems like it doesn't matter, that's when comparison goes out the window. You have to throw comparison out the window because if you're constantly thinking, well, I'm not where I'm supposed to be because I can't walk, but then you realize, well, actually I can stand now. And six months ago or a year ago, I couldn't even stand. Well, that right there is just the little bit of hope that you may need to keep going. And It makes me think of when Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's all you need. And often we discredit the mustard seed moments in our lives. The second point is you can be mad at the healthcare system and still move forward. I think a lot of people and even doctors subscribe to the ideology that positivity will cure you in a sense. There's a lot of this manifestation and positive vibes out in the world that people like and use for all different types of things. And I think that has made its way into healthcare and even mental health sometimes. And I consider myself a very positive person, but positivity will not cure a disease alone. And there's a lot that can go into that. And there's a lot to be said about that of the science of different things. But the reality is is that positivity alone will not cure me of disease. I can use different devices and programs and scientific research to improve my mood and that can affect my brain. Yes, in certain ways. I'm not an expert on these things, but there can be changes in the brain based on meditation and different things. I know that, but It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. And with that being said, you're allowed to feel all the feels. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be positive. But the one thing I will say is don't be bitter because bitterness is really holding a grudge and will not allow you to move forward. And it's hard to process the negative effects of the healthcare system But it really, I think, can be done without being miserable. And like I said, it's not that 
you're not allowed to feel pain. But something I am working on is sharing my current diagnosis of Lyme disease with previous doctors that I've worked with because I want to raise awareness. And I have not done that with every doctor. Um, There's been some things that have gone down with previous healthcare providers in the mental health and traditional medicine space that have not been positive and have caused a lot of pain and hurt and trauma. But I think you don't, there's two sides of this coin. You don't have to simply be an advocate. You're not only an advocate. I don't want people to think, oh, well, this happened to me and now I'm just an advocate and I'm the face of this disease and that's my only purpose. I don't believe that either. I think you can advocate while still being something other than the struggle that you're going through. And for me, sometimes I feel the need to share certain things that have happened to me in order to raise awareness and prevent it from happening. But at the same time, that's not my sole responsibility and it's not your sole responsibility. And you're more than an advocate for the disease that you suffer from or the situation that you suffer from. And I think that we sometimes need a break from what we go through in the sense of not spending all our free time or our good hours of the day talking about it, advocating for it, explaining it. And it's totally okay to be a human outside of the illness that you experience. And it's okay to realize that your sole purpose does not have to be attached to this one cause or one idea because that can drain you as well. Last point we're going to talk about is you're the main character in your story, but you're not the author. And when we go back to advocacy and not being hard on yourself, the reality is you might feel alone in the situation that you're in. Maybe you don't have support from family or friends or even your doctor. In that case, I would recommend switching doctors, even if it takes multiple to find a provider who's going to be supportive of you. And that stands for mental and physical health. But the reality is, if you're a Christian and you have the Holy Spirit in you, and if Christ is in you, you're never alone. So yes, you are the one physically experiencing these things in, I don't want this to sound unsympathetic, but in reality, if you can, I would say embrace the parts of it that you can, because it's not going away overnight. And this is not meant to be some like corny positivity advice. I just already talked about that whole deal. But if you can embrace the parts of your journey and your story that you can, that will help you. But also, it's not simply you and your situation or your struggle against the world. It's you experiencing these things. And as a Christian, this is where it becomes so powerful because it's you living these things out day to day, but the power of Christ residing in you and fighting with you. And really, you're not the only one experiencing it. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in saying, no one understands. And I've said that multiple times, because unless you're living with chronic illness, you you aren't going to understand the ins and outs and the daily familiarity and the daily struggle that a lot of people deal with. But the reality is, is when the Holy Spirit is in you, Christ is feeling those pains and those weaknesses and those experiences alongside of you. Simply like when Jesus died on the cross, he experienced the pain 
and the suffering of sin in a very physical and spiritual sense. And when the power of Christ is in you, that's not some metaphor that, oh, the Holy Spirit is in me. Like that's a spiritual thing, but it's so powerful that you're not alone. And so the next time that you're tempted to say like, no one understands this, you know, I'm human too. I'm struggling with this too. And I totally understand that that might not feel on a really bad flare day the same as a sister, brother, friend sitting on the couch with you, talking it out with you. And by all means, do those things. But when no one else is in the room and there's no other go-to, he is your go-to. He is your help in time of trouble. Don't forget that because that is the reality that does not change regardless of diagnosis, regardless of circumstances, regardless of what your journey has looked like and will look like. He is in the center of it all. And not only is he in the center of it, but he's allowing it to happen for a reason And he's allowing it to happen, not just like you as a puppet on a string with God up there with his sticks moving you around in agony. He is the author and the author knows the ending. The author knows exactly why they're writing the words that they're writing and why the chapters are what they are and why XYZ is going to happen because they know the beginning, middle, and end of the story. And the reality is, is your circumstances are not an accident. Your circumstances are not forever either. I think a lot of the time we feel stuck in the beginning or middle of our story without recognizing that we're living in a story that is orchestrated and written by the God that we serve and the God that is inside of us. And he knows every single move. He knows every single play. This is not a flaw or a mess up. This is a story that he has given to you and he is not going to leave you. He is going to complete the work that he has started.